0: In ancient times, men would set aside personal comfort and strive to live a life dedicated to a higher cause. These Nazarites would resist sin, they would call others into a life of holiness, and they would let their beards grow long as they grew in virtue. In honor of these great men, each November, I get together with a couple thousand men and spend a month focused on growing. Growing in community, growing in virtue, and growing out our beards. This year, we launched a podcast for the Nazarite Challenge. This podcast, Bearded Virtues, My name's Tony Vicenda, and I'm excited to have myself and some of my favorite people share their reflections on Cardinal Virtues with you. This week, we have my good friend, Michael Gormley, also known as Gomer by those who know him, love him, and follow his work online from the Catching Foxes podcast, Breaking Open the Virtue of Justice. This is day 30 of the Nazarite Challenge. Hey,
1: everyone, Mike Gormley, a.k.a. Gomer here, and I want to finalize our reflection on justice as relational one time i was watching a conservative talk show host guy and he said this line it would shock me to my core if you ever hear your pastor priest or a teacher in your religion say the words social and justice stand up and walk out that is communism okay then i heard a protestant pastor about two weeks ago a fairly conservative fella talking about how individualism is the center of Christianity and all this strangely American stuff. And then he said, there's no such thing as social justice because there's no such thing in the end of the day as societies. It's all just us individuals. So there's no such thing as social justice. That's all Marxism. And I thought, wow, wow everyone would benefit from taking a deep breath and reading some rerum novarum by leo should be saint leo the 13th now what do i mean by this we create societies okay you and i benefit from societies we cannot we have various needs right we have various inclinations that can only be fulfilled and perfected in societies a little about look at love love is perfected with an object to love In fact, love is impossible without an object. You can't say I'm in love with who? No one. If you're in love with no one, that means you're not in love. Love needs an object. A subject, I. An object, you. And the thing that unites them, love. I love you, right? That's what love is. A lot of these virtues can only be made manifest or perfected in community, in societies. Now, the most basic societies to us is what the catechism calls the family, which is the first society, and the state. Now, I don't mean by the state, the modern nation state, as it's been conceived in the last 300 years. In fact, I would argue that the modern nation state is the most anti human fulfillment machine that has ever existed right so it is not about extending and expanding the natural inclinations to be in a free society you know to one another it is about power dominance coercion and assertion of my own rights it is a thoroughly modern beast but societies do exist pope john paul ii in his wonderful uh document called christe fideis leici On the role, on the vocation and mission of the lay faithful, of Christ lay faithful, talking about what is the role of the laity in our world and in our culture, he talks about how the laity, more than any other time in human history, has desired one thing overall, participation. And he saw it as a good thing. He saw minorities in all these countries. I mean, think about it in the 70s, 80s, and 90s when you had the tyranny of communism all over Eastern Europe. And you had all these regimes of of despotism and tyranny in Africa and South America. You had all these groups who were extremely marginalized, politically desiring to, to participate They were acting up, acting out. They were causing a virtue riot, if you will. And it's beautiful that that was happening. Why? Because the Pope saw this as an increase in the opportunity for virtue. Now, the sad thing is it's participating in probably fundamentally unjust regimes that don't really perfect the individual, but this desire to participate is deeply human. And these societies exist, varying levels of societies exist in order to bring about cooperation and participation. Now, what am I talking about? Well, uh, the beautiful thing is local government. We know less about our local government than we do about national elections, which affect us a lot less. But I will say this, the other forms of civic engagement that aren't just electing politicians, is some of the most powerful ways you and I can cooperate in the cause of justice in our world today, right? You just think of the NAACP. Think of things like the Knights of Columbus. Think of things like key clubs, right? All of these fraternal societies that existed to help engage men, to help support men who used to be the breadwinners of the family in the 20s and 30s and 40s, that's the time of the greatest flowering of these fraternal communities. They all grew up to help educate and mentor young men into becoming boys and actually becoming men. But you also have whole groups of people that bring women together, you know, all these brilliant women's initiatives and movements, whether they get more women in the sciences or more women in, you know, in the technological sphere and all of this, of as programmers and whatnot, App Camp for Girls and stuff like that. These are voluntary organizations that have grown up to increase participation and cooperation. Why? Because we need one another. Man is a social animal that groups bind themselves to one another by some common good. That they share that there's a principle that unites every individual, which makes the good of the group something that stands outside of the individual so that the society endures through time as individual members come and go. And this is important because society gathers the past and prepares for the future. That's what the catechism talks about. It gathers up the past and prepares for the future. That's why you have things like fraternities and sororities that have things like traditions and customs. I don't know if you know, uh, Texas a and but they have a million traditions and customs that govern how you watch a football game. It's if you're not initiated, it's the most frustrating thing on the face of the earth. But if you are initiated, it is literally the coolest thing on the face of the earth. We have these beautiful things that endure beyond the individual. Now, that doesn't mean the individual counts for nothing. That's what the modern turn keeps doing. They keep saying, well, this thing is greater than you or you or you alone. Therefore, you and you and you alone are expendable. That's not... What the gospel says: the human person must be the end, the principle, and subject of all social institutions. Why? Because it's about my participation and cooperation in the greater good, in the common good. And you do it through family, you do it through the state, but you also do it through these intermediate societies. And it's so important because millennials today, of which I am one, I belong to the Oregon Trail generation of millennials, the older end. I'm thirty six. We need to get involved and participate. Someone asked me what ancient custom uh, or or tradition would I bring back if I could snap my fingers today. You know, some people are saying the Latin mass, ad orientum posture of the priests. I said voting (laughs) because I believe it's so powerful, but we've seen it ever since the baby boomers, a massive decline in civic social participation. We see all these people now, different groups emerging, demanding and asserting their rights, but no one is forming cooperative groups and societies that have a beautiful ideal that outlives any of them, but is actually for every one of them. So here is my practical question for you at the end of this, right? How can you participate and help others participate? How can you participate and help others participate? In society, Can you create a new group? Can you join a mentoring group, big brothers, big sisters, something like that? Can you enter in to where people are uh, lacking access to participation? Can you fill that gap? Will you be the just bridge from someone's inequality of access to an equality of access that can literally not just change a life, but change a neighborhood? Are you willing to do that? Now, My practical application for you is just simply read social justice paragraphs in the catechism. Start at 1880, paragraph 1880, and just read through. I'm telling you, you read this stuff, it'll change the way you view things like law and politics, like your neighborhood associations and neighborhood watches, the way you view front porches and how they used to provide neighborhood security and all that stuff, to now we have these big fences and big backyards where we can ignore our neighbor as we want them to ignore us and so brothers and sisters if we're going to create a just society we have to have to have to realize that social justice justice towards societies at all different levels helps us maintain better individual justice god love you
0: Thanks, Gomer, for calling us to a life of virtue. And thank you, listener, for tracking with us all month long during the Nazarite Challenge. This has been a huge time of blessing. The conversations in the Facebook community going through and doing this podcast, it was a huge labor of love. The number one way you can support us from this point forward is just sharing this podcast with other people or buying something from CatholicBalm.co to help support the cost of this. We want to thank all of our sponsors one last time. That's, again, along with Catholic Bomb Co., that's Pink Salt Riot, E-Catholic, and the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. We also want to thank people who helped sponsored content during the Nazarite Challenge. That's The Theology of the Abadi Institute and Catching Foxes, the podcast, and my own podcast, The Threshold. Um, we'd love to have you guys check out all those things. If you haven't followed them on social media, checked out their work yet, please do. Also, if you're interested in having this become a monthly podcast that we do. I don't know that we can commit to weekly at this point in time, but once a month, having a little bit more bearded virtue in your life, please drop us a line at Catholic Bomb Co. or post in the Facebook group that you're interested in that. We'll have a post there that you can share that on. We want to know if this has been helpful for you in growing in virtue, how we can continue to get the word out around the amazing way that God is calling us deeper into relationship with him and with each other. So gentlemen, until next time, Stop shaving and start pruning.